Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to say tonight, it's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, to feel His presence. I also want to say that I appreciate the host pastor of the Bass and local church providing such a format that all of us can come together and be refreshed and renewed. This is the generation, I believe, upon whom the ends of the world have come. A lot of pressure on every individual, wherever you came from. Amen. There's there's a pressure in this world on the church. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to come to conference and um, to feel the anointing of God. It is also an honor and a pressure to be... Did I say that right? <laughs> Amen. You know, several years ago, somebody <clears throat> preached a message about the resurrection. And they titled it, It's Friday, But Sunday's Coming. And um, it was a message about Friday looking like defeat, but... Victory coming on resurrection morning. Uh, Sometimes that same phrase takes on a little different meaning to a pastor. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. (laughs) Any pastors here know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Well, praise the Lord. Amen. It's uh, it's good to be here with all of you tonight and, uh, and all of these preachers. There's... There's plenty of prophets here tonight to judge my my little prophecy, and uh, Amen. I I covet the prayers that uh, you have uh, prayed for me that God would help me help you tonight. Amen. It's the first night of score. A lot of us have traveled today, had a lot of things on our mind, just trying to get to church. I'm going to ask you for the next little while, focus your thoughts, and let's see what the Lord will do. I have not come tonight to attempt to make an attempt at sermonizing. If you will allow me, I just want to preach a little while, something I really feel in my heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. And... Uh, I believe that tonight, God, what I feel tonight, that the Lord, as we have worshipped, He's not He's not wanting to wait till Friday night to work on us. This is a conference on revival and evangelism. Well, if I understand revival, that means... Um, Restoring and refreshing and renewing something that has been. And uh, so I think the first part of that has to do with those of us who have um, been walking with the Lord. And and, uh, I want to be revived here. And I want the Lord to uh, put passion in my heart 
that I can go and do the work of evangelism. Touching this world for Jesus Christ. Amen. So tonight, let's turn to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Going to begin reading at verse 11. Luke, chapter 17, and beginning with verse 11. And when you have it, say, Amen. Amen. And it came to pass, as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not nine, uh, ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And everybody said, Amen to the word of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. The disease of leprosy is a terrible thing. The effects of it are uh, sometimes it's difficult to behold the work that it has accomplished in the human body. These men were lepers and they came to Jesus stood afar off and began to cry out, have mercy on us. And the Lord responded to that call. He had compassion on them. He, he answered their uh, cry for mercy by saying, go show yourselves unto the priests, which, of course, according to the law, was what had to be done if a leper was uh, going to be admitted back into uh, society. Uh, he had to show himself to the priest if he was, if the leprosy had uh, had healed and it was no longer working in the body. And so when Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest, they understood that is a promise of healing. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus responded to these men because... They recognized they had a need and they cried out. It's important tonight that we understand we have a need because except that we cry out to the Lord, uh, we will continue with that need. The problem with Laodicea was 
they didn't understand they had a need. They saw themselves as being complete, rich and increased with goods and having need of nothing. And yet the Lord looked at it a different way and he saw it differently. And he said, I see you and you are naked and miserable and wretched. Amen. When the Hebrews were uh, brought down into Egypt, they were first of all given the best of the land. And Joseph was in second authority in Egypt. And it was a time of prosperity for the children of Jacob. And they multiplied and they grew. And had God simply left them in Egypt, they would have become assimilated into that Egyptian culture. And we would know nothing about them today. Everything was going wonderful for them. And uh, they were prospering so much that finally when a Pharaoh arose that knew not Joseph, he began to be afraid that they were going to take over and uh, that they were going to rise up. And so he began to persecute them. And I'm sure that a lot of those Hebrews didn't understand at first what was going on. But God, the Bible tells us that God was involved in that. And he was actually causing these things to happen, stirring them up as an eagle stirs its nest. It was not until they began to uh, be persecuted and brought into slavery that they cried out unto the Lord. And it was when they cried out, the Bible said, that by reason of the cry of their affliction, they had to recognize there was a need. They didn't cry out as long as their flocks were multiplying. They didn't cry out as long as they were their children were healthy. And they had respect of the Egyptian government. But God had to bring things about that they would understand that there was a need in their life. Amen. Amen. It was uh, a very stormy night whenever the disciples were out on the sea. It seemed that even though there were seasoned sailors on board that ship that they were about to go down. It was such a terrible storm. They had about run out of uh, ideas about how to weather this storm when they looked out and they saw Jesus passing by, walking on the water. All right. And he made as if he would have passed on by them, yet when they cried out, because they cried out, he turned and he responded to their cry. And it brought peace in their life. It was the storm that caused them to understand that they had need of the Lord's help. It was the persecution in uh, Egypt that caused them to realize that they had a need and they cried out. Amen. The majority of us came to God for very similar reasons. As long as our lives were... Sailing along pretty smooth. We didn't give God a lot of interest. 
But God allowed some trouble to come. God allowed us to realize that in some things in life we were helpless. We didn't have the solutions for every problem. And it was when the bottom fell out, as we say, that many of us turned to the Lord and looked to an altar. Because it was through that that we recognized then that we really did have a need. This leprosy in these men caused them to realize that they couldn't do anything within themselves about their situation. When they saw Jesus, they cried out. These men were uh, men that no doubt lived a part of their life when they lived it in a normal fashion. No doubt there was a part of their life that did not have leprosy. But when leprosy came, they had to be excluded from society. They had to... Uh, they had to put a covering over their mouth and they had to stand afar off. And uh, you can go back to the Old Testament and you can find the laws concerning leprosy. And they had to stand afar off as they did when they saw Jesus and they had to cry unclean. And I, I feel that, uh, that these men, uh, no doubt... Uh, had lived, some of them had lived their life long enough that perhaps some of these men were married. Some of them probably had children. And they were separated from their families. They were separated from mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters by this leprosy. They had to stand without. And no doubt there were many times when there was an aching within that they could be rejoined to those that they loved. And they could be rejoined to uh, what might have seemed a profitable life, going back to their their trade, going back to their occupation, uh, being able to earn a proper living for their families. And uh, it was, uh, I'm sure, enough to look at themselves and see the deterioration in their body. That came from having leprosy. From what I read about leprosy, there is, uh, it is uh, not so much the leprosy that causes uh, fingers and, uh, and limbs uh, to uh, deteriorate and fall away from the body. But it is the fact that leprosy causes the uh, sensation of pain uh, to be uh, so insignificant that they don't notice when there is a uh, a sharp stone in their shoe or there is something in uh, on their clothing or uh, walking on uh, a road perhaps that has a roughness to it and uh, they cause uh, wounds that they're not even aware of. And <clears throat> over a period of time, if you... Uh, no doubt have seen pictures of lepers. There, uh, sometimes there, it's, it's great disfiguration. Um, the disfiguration is not really the leprosy itself so much as it's the effect of what leprosy has caused in the body. Amen. And 
This is what I really want to talk about tonight is the, is the effect of the leprosy in their body was, uh, we don't really know how advanced it was in these ten men, but there were ten of them, and uh, no doubt there were signs in their body of the leprosy. And when Jesus said to them, go and be cleansed, uh, or go and show yourself to the priest, they went on their way and they began to see uh, the perhaps the oozing wounds begin to dry up. And uh, the signs that the priests were to look for began to clear up. And they began to rejoice and to think uh, probably many things about what this was going to mean in their lives. They got excited about it. And they, uh, they began to see that the leprosy was no longer working in their bodies. And maybe they began to think about going to the priest and being pronounced cured of the leprosy. And uh, being able to go home and hold their wives for the first time in who knows how long. To hold and hug their children up to them. And uh, all of the things that it would have meant to be rejoined back to society. Hallelujah. And they ran on their way. But as one of them began to look at himself. And he began to see the, the signs of the leprosy clearing up in his body. He stopped and he turned around. And he came running back to where Jesus was. And he fell on his face. And he glorified God. And he thanked the Lord for what he had done for him. And then Jesus said there were ten cleansed. Where are the nine? There's only this stranger that's come back to give glory for what's happened. And then Jesus said something to him. He did not say to the others. He said unto him, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. In my mind, I see this man as he on his face before Jesus heard those words, Thy faith hath made thee whole. I see him look at a hand that had lost some fingers and see fingers begin to grow. And maybe facial features that had been deteriorated by the effects of leprosy begin to be made clear and clean. This is the same statement Jesus made to the woman who had the issue of blood. Thy faith has made thee whole. Amen. Amen. I, I don't judge me too hard tonight. I, uh, if uh, if you don't believe that this is what was happening, just uh, just hear me out a little bit tonight. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not trying to uh, dig so deep into this uh, that uh, that we just <clears throat> trying to prove that this is exactly what happened. But reading this and reading this and reading this. Uh, it appears to me that this is what was taking place. Amen. That Jesus healed all ten of them of the working of leprosy in their bodies. 
But only one of them did he say, I am making you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Nine of those lepers went on to the priest. Nine of those lepers were declared clean, I believe, by the priest. Because the sign of leprosy working in their body was now gone. Amen. And they went back to their families and they went back to their jobs as best they could. But every day of their life, there was evidence of leprosy having previously been there. I believe it was the will of the Lord, amen, to say this to every one of them, what he said to the one. Praise God. Amen. Now sin, or leprosy, is a, is a type of sin. And it's a very good type. Sin takes away the sensation of what we're doing to ourselves. We don't feel, we don't feel the pain of it. Amen. Sin has a numbing effect upon us. It numbs our thinking. It numbs our conscience. Well, yes, it does. Whenever we came to God, every one of us brought some baggage with us. Now, I don't want to cross your theory tonight. But I believe that the work of conversion is the work of a moment. Amen. But God gave the church a five-fold ministry for the perfecting of the church. I believe at conversion that the working of sin is taken care of. Let me tell you something tonight. Many of you did not grow up in a home that um, was a godly home. Many of you did not know what it was to be baptized in Jesus' name. Or you never heard, amen, the doctrine of one God in Christ. Amen. As you grew up in this world. You didn't understand many things when you came to God. Amen. Your environment defined your responses or reactions to circumstances as they came. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Paul said that the motion of sin worked in us when we were in the flesh. He said the motions of sin worked in us. And they worked and brought about the fruit that would bring death. Amen. Praise God. That sin, that motion of sin no longer works in us when we have come through the water and through the spirit. The leprosy is clearing up. Amen. The the fluid that oozes out of the wound is dried up because the sin is no longer working. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. 
But what about the effects that sin had in your life before right now? Well, praise God. Amen. If you grew up in a home, amen, where anger was expressed, but daddy picking up something and knocking a hole in the door or in the sheetrock. Or using his fist on mama. Or you're, you saw mama pick up the dishes and break them against the wall when she was angry. That's most likely how you reacted and how you uh, expressed anger. Because you learned your reactions and responses. In this world that you lived in. Amen. Come on and help me preach a little while tonight. Amen. I, I'm going to tell you this tonight. That it's a great work. Amen. Whenever we're born again. But that's just a starting place. These pastors know what I'm talking about. They've sat in many counseling sessions and they're dealing with the effects of sin. Amen. That worked in the lives of people before they ever came to God. Well, hallelujah. Amen. There, uh, it's, it's been my sad experience to have to, have to deal with people. Who have been abused and molested. Amen. Amen. Women that were molested as a young child. By an authority figure in their life. And when they grew up. They have a hard time. Amen. With the authority of a husband. And when they sit in a church service. They don't understand it. Altogether. But when they sit in a church service and they see the man of God in the pulpit and there's authority being expressed, they react to it. They resist it. And they resent it. Oh yeah, they got baptized in Jesus' name. Oh yeah, they got the Holy Ghost and talked in tongues. But there's a work that God wants to do. Well, thank you, Jesus. Let me talk about spiritual maturity for just a minute. Amen. Paul writes in the fifth chapter of Hebrews. He said, there's some things I'd like to explain to you. There's some revelations I'd like to share with you. He said, yet, he said, you're dull of hearing. And he said, the time has come when you ought to be teachers. And yet, you still have to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God. The first principles of the doctrine of Christ. You have to be taught these over and over and over. You know what is bothering me tonight? It's people that's been sitting in apostolic churches for 20 years. And they don't have 20 years experience. 
that just have one year experience repeated 20 times. I've come to tell you tonight, the devil's lied to you when he said you're just going to have to live with some things. You're just going to have to live with the carryovers from your past life. Well, hallelujah. But he said, strong meat belongs to them who are of full age. Who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. That's where God wants us at. He does not want us to continue responding like we learned to respond while we lived in the world. Many of you sitting here tonight, Hollywood taught you what was supposed to be normal. The perverted directors of Hollywood taught you what family life was supposed to look like. And when you got to be an adult, that's how you responded and reacted to life. Well, hallelujah. But you know, the problem is we've got to realize we have a need. We've got to realize that God's willing to take us farther than the cleansing. God wants to put those fingers back on and restore what leprosy of sin has done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Spiritual maturity. Where God wants to take us to is that level of discernment. Amen. Being able to discern good and evil. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, He said, I commend you. In one chapter, he said, I commend you for your obedience. But he said, I I really want you to be wise concerning good and simple concerning that which is evil. I want you to be wise concerning what's good. I want you to be able to discern. Amen. Paul gives a list of the works of the flesh. And he concludes it by saying, as he says many things, and then he says, revelings and such like. Amen. When we come to God, there's some things that the Bible teaches us that nature teaches us. He said, does not nature teach you that it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Mm -hmm. He said, if the Gentiles do by nature those things which are contained in the law, they themselves become a law. 
In Romans chapter 1, he said they did those things that were against nature. Well, hallelujah. When we come to God, that's the level we come in on is what nature teaches us. And then we're taught from the Word of God. And we initially began to practice obedience. And it is through the practicing of obedience to the commandments of God that we have been preached. Amen. In fact, he said you were the servants of sin. But you're now the servants of righteousness because you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered unto you. You have obeyed it. Hallelujah. It's important tonight that we obey, isn't it? And we're never going to get away from obedience. There's some things that God just put in us, and it's called nature, that teaches us a certain thing. Teaches us a certain level. Amen. Amen. A long, long hair on a man is against nature. Homosexuality is against nature. There's a lot of things that are against nature. And for someone to practice it, they have to go against what God put within the human makeup. I don't want to get too far off in that direction. Amen. But then there is obedience. Amen. There were, there were things that you didn't really understand the first time you heard it preached. But you began to obey it as the Word of God was opened unto you. And as you did, you began to, by the Word of God, you began to exercise your senses. To discern good and evil. Amen. Every pastor... In this building tonight, a man would like for every saint in his church to reach that place where they could understand what such life means. If you think you're spiritual tonight just because you haven't broken any rules, you're missing something. Well, hallelujah. God has to retrain our mind, re-educate our mind when we come to Him. Well, praise the Lord. We have, we have to preach that's not the way that you express anger. You don't beat somebody up that you love because you're mad. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God wants us to come to the place tonight that we can begin to recognize what the spiritual response, what the godly response, amen, to the circumstances of life really are. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Raised in the home where... Amen. A step parent was very cruel and abusive. And get married. And then when your spouse tries to correct your child, something just rises up within you. And you have a big blowout at home because the effects of what went on in sin 
Amen. Are still working and stirring in your life. Well, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, I can just keep on. Amen. And we might eventually find uh, that place that you came from and the things that, that, uh, that happened in your life when you were living in this world of sin. Hallelujah. Amen. But tonight, what I'm simply trying to say to you is that I believe that there is a, a healing that God wants to perform. I don't believe you just have to live with those things. I don't just believe that you have to live tonight. Amen. With the regrets. Well, hallelujah. I don't believe tonight. Amen. That you have to just keep on in life and say, well, that's just the way it is. But I believe there's a place that you can come to at His feet. Amen. If you'll come there in faith, I believe that God has a healing for you. God wants to heal the evidence of sin in somebody's life here tonight. Simon Peter... Pulled his sword out. And off with the ear of the high priest servant. Jesus said, put up your sword. He picked up the ear and put it back on his head. Amen. What a trial that would have been. If they had hauled Simon Peter in before the court. And the accusation is that he cut off the ear of the high priest servant. Well, bring in the witness. Let's see the damage. Let's see the place where the ear used to be. But the problem is, Jesus reached down and destroyed the evidence of sin. And he couldn't be brought to trial for it. I'm telling you tonight, the devil's lied to God's people. Every time the devil shakes a skeleton, you've been cringing. But you don't have to do that. Hallelujah. God, amen, wants to say, I will make you whole. Well, praise the Lord. I believe tonight, before you leave this place, you can hold that hand up and see fingers begin to grow out on it. Somebody worship the Lord if you believe what I'm preaching. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost have His way. We don't want to bind up what the Spirit of the Lord would do in this house on the first night of score. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, I worked in a grocery store and they played country music all day long every day. After I got the Holy Ghost, amen, for probably a couple weeks, I'd catch myself singing those country songs along like I always used to. Humming along with it. Well, you might be sitting there thinking, well, you didn't get the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Well, every time I realized I was doing it, I stopped. And after a while, it didn't affect me like that. Well, mm-hmm. Amen. Wasn't too long after I got the Holy Ghost, we were sitting in a shop class in school. Amen. And uh, a boy jumped up in my face and started cussing me. And I didn't think about it. I just responded like I always responded. What can I say? I did. I hit him. He went over a chair, flipped and rolled across the, the room. And I dared him to say any more. Took the Holy Ghost a while to kind of get a hold of me there. After 30 years, I have just a little bit more restraint. Well, amen. Don't sit there and judge me tonight by what I'm preaching and say, Well, if you really got the Holy Ghost, you wouldn't have to worry about all these things. Come on now, I've been preaching for over 30 years, pastoring almost 22 years in one place. And I know when I know that people get the Holy Ghost and they bring a lot of baggage with them. John said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Who is he writing to? Church. He was right in the church. He said, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm glad He put that in there. And He went on in chapter 2. And he said, these things I write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin. Wait a minute, we're talking about the church. Come on now. Amen. Somebody says, well, I had the Holy Ghost 20 years and I hadn't sinned since I got the Holy Ghost. Just go ahead and get the pad out and cross that four and make it five. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord understood some things and he had John write and give us some hope. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of new converts, they get in trouble whenever they, they have first come to God and they make a mistake 
And the devil immediately jumps up on their shoulder and says, you just as well quit and give up because you blew it. But John put some hope in there for the new convert. And he put some hope in there for the, for, for the folks that's been walking with the Lord for 10 years. If we confess our sins, hallelujah. He said, these things I write unto you that you sin not. No, we're not talking about a license to sin. Amen. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the propitiation not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Praise God. I'm glad we've got a place we can go. I'm glad there's an answer. around and look at your neighbor. Look at them real good. Well, they come to church and they've got every hair in place and no sweat on their brow. And they don't ever have any trouble. And they just come to church and worship and, and you look at them and you say, well, why can't my life be like theirs? Because when I I struggle with me. I wrestle with me. Well, your neighbor's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I said your neighbor's doing the same thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 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 Oh, God, help us tonight to realize that God... Amen. Is willing to say, be thou whole. When we reach a place of discerning good and evil. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not discarding obedience. We're not undoing that at all. And we're not moving out from under authority. Properly delegated spiritual authority in our lives. Amen. But a pastor can't follow you around everywhere you go. And if you're like me, he sure doesn't want to. But we would like to see the saints of God. Amen. Begin to exercise their senses to discern good and evil. And we'd like to see them come to a place of discernment. So when there's nobody on the job but you, amen, that has a relationship with the Lord, and there's a situation rises up, amen, you can say, and such like. Well, hallelujah. Drunkenness is a work of the flesh. Well, the effect of marijuana is such like. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So I can figure that out. Praise God. God God doesn't want me to be drunken on alcohol. And He doesn't want me, amen, to experiment with those kinds of drugs that will produce the same effect. Amen. I get weary with people who are always trying to find the loophole. Well, pastor said this about that, but it didn't 
say anything about this variation. Oh, come on tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that God is trying to raise up a church in this end time. Amen. That can say such like, even when a pastor's not there, when your brother and sister's not around. Amen. Some people. Amen. That God has been able to work on. And we don't throw dishes through the window when we get angry anymore. Because we've understood that's not the response that God would have us make. Hallelujah. You say that church folks do that? Oh, church folks do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I said church folks do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's the reason you can't have hard to have church sometimes is because husbands and wives fall all the way to church. Fast and scream. And hollered. You know why? Because that's what they saw mom and daddy do. Amen. That's why, that's how they learned to be a parent in most cases. Is a role model that they saw as they grew up. Amen. But God is engaged in an effort. Amen. To perfect a church. To bring a people into being. Hallelujah. This is not a refugee camp tonight. Amen. We're not just here. Amen. Till the pressure eases up where we came from. We're not just here waiting till the time comes when we can slip back to where we came from. Well, praise God. Amen. Hebrews 11, he said these. Amen. They saw the promises. Amen. They were persuaded of them. They embraced them. Hallelujah. Amen. And they declared plainly. They're just pilgrims and strangers in this world. He said they have had opportunity to go back where they came from. But they declare plainly, amen, that they seek a country, a better country, a heavenly country. And God said, wherefore, I am not ashamed to be called their God. Come on now. The Lord's trying to raise up a stable people. Come on. How many times folks lay out of church on Sunday night because they got in a big blow up on Sunday afternoon. Amen. God is trying to raise up a church. Amen. That can stand up and present the gospel to a world. Hallelujah. That is needing hope. Well, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. 
Amen. Amen. I believe tonight you can fall before the Lord at His feet. Amen. In faith tonight. And God can begin to do a work in you that heretofore has not happened. Amen. Thank God you are baptized in Jesus' name. Thank God for the hour that you talked in tongues. Thank God for the day that you shouted down the aisle of the church. Hallelujah. But God wants to pronounce you whole. Amen, amen. On this first night of this conference, hallelujah. Amen. I know the devil would like to distract us. Amen. He'd like to turn our attention aside. Amen. But if somehow God could start stirring up a little something inside of us. Amen. If we could take a look in our life and we could begin to pray, search me, oh God, and see if there be any wicked thing within me and lead me in the way everlasting. If we could begin, amen, to look at our lives and look at the problems that we just keep coming back to. Aren't you tired of fighting the same battle? Aren't you tired of having to mm, having to go back to the altar over the same thing again and again and again? I believe tonight if you can just understand this simple principle, this more, I say this more that God will do for you. This more than talking in tongues. But God can heal emotions. And God can heal wounded spirits. And God can heal you on the inside. There's people here tonight. They look just right. They got the hair just right. They got the sleeves just right. But inside, there's scars. The effect of sin is there. Mama, Holy Ghost is just hovering over us tonight. Amen. I'm asking for this congregation to engage with me for a little while this evening. To engage in a move of the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I told you I didn't come to preach a sermon. I just come to deliver a simple message tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Amen. You keep coming back to the altar. Amen. Time and time again. Maybe you're one of those that seems like ever revival. You've got to go get prayed through. Church has to pray for you before they can pray for somebody else. Seems like. Amen. Because you keep facing the same old thing and same old thing. Amen. And the devil said, well, you got the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, uh, there shouldn't be any problems going on. But I'm telling you tonight, uh, amen, there's some things that God works on after you get up from the altar. There's some things that He gladly, Amen, will receive you for in this altar tonight. Praise God. I know this is a conference. And I know, Amen, folks are going to look at you if you come to an altar. But I want to tell you, wouldn't it be great to go back home from this conference, Amen, with that thing made whole that you brought here. That thing that just keeps repeating itself in a pattern. Oh, hallelujah. I've watched people through the years over and over and over they go through the cycle. They get here and they get thrilled in God. Hallelujah. Amen. Then they go back into the world and they live amen in this world and they and, and the reality of life amen stirs up something in them. Amen. And they respond and react in a way that brings condemnation upon their life. 
And they're saying, I'm not supposed to have condemnation. I'm not supposed to be walking in condemnation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God doesn't want you to. But the devil's taken more than one out of the church because of this cycle of up and down and up and down. And I'm tired of fighting is what I hear, Brother Pass. I'm tired of it. I just can't keep going on. Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you something. God never intended you to fight that kind of a battle. But you have to be willing to submit yourself to the healing hand of the Lord. You have got to quit refusing. Amen. And admit that there is a problem. They say the problem with an alcoholic, amen, is that they normally will not admit they have a problem. Amen. They won't admit they have a problem. Amen. Let me tell you something. You're cheating yourself. If you let pride say, he's not talking to me. I don't have a problem. And you're sitting there with bitterness. Amen. And hurt. And wounds. This kept you up and down like an elevator. Ever since you came to God. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for the washing of regeneration. He said, but we are saved also by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. We need that refreshing and renewing and reviving. Amen. And tonight God wants to heal what you can't see on the surface. What a tragedy. He meant for you to cheat yourself out of the blessing that can be found at his feet. Nine went on and they went their way and they enjoyed their life. But everybody that saw him said, you used to be a leper. Well, hallelujah. Some of you Bible scholars maybe can help me out afterwards. But when Jesus said to this man, thy faith has made thee whole, he said, arise and go thy way. Maybe he meant, now go on and show yourself to the priest. Hallelujah. I know one thing. The high priest had just taken a look at him. And to him, he said, arise and go thy way. I believe if that man had gone to the priest, the priest would have looked at him and said, what are you here for? Well, I was a leper. Well, where's the evidence of it? Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad tonight we got more than a pardon. But we have an atonement for our sins. Amen. The governor can sign a pardon. Hallelujah. And the criminal can go free. He can be let out of prison. 
He doesn't have to serve out the rest of his sentence. But public record still reflects this man robbed a bank one day. This man was a murderer in his life. Oh, but when Jesus made atonement for us, he didn't just let us go free. Amen. He wiped the record clean. Hallelujah. There was an old account. Amen. It was growing every day. But oh, praise God tonight. My record's clear. Hallelujah. My record's clean. He did more than pardon me. And that's what the devil doesn't want you to realize. Amen. Amen. You don't have to just say, well, I'm just going to live with these things in my life. This just must be the way you live for God. No, 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 no. But God will bring victory to you if you're willing to turn and come and fall at his feet in faith and say, God, I was molested as a child, but I know you can take the hurt out. Amen. You can take the bitterness out. You can take it away. Come on, everybody. Let's lift our hands and love him right now. Come on, everybody stand and lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus would have passed by the disciples. But they cried out. Because they recognize their need. Would you cry out tonight? Would you cry out this evening? Aren't you tired of struggling with that? Hallelujah. Come on, I believe that God appointed me to come here tonight just to tell you that that can be healed. The evidence of sin can be healed.